Three, two, one. It is Troy and Mac for your Saturday morning, and we do have our special guest. Been looking forward to uh, catching up with uh, this man. Of course, uh, played out at Williams all those years ago. Before he then went and played for, uh, well, the, the best WAFL team still going in the WAFL, Mac, the mighty black and whites. He played for uh, for Swans back in uh, in the 70s from 1970 to 1975. Our special guest this morning, Mac, the one, the only, Bob Beecroft. Bob, good morning. Good morning, Alistair and Troy. Great to be on your show. And of course, uh, you, you have a book that's just recently been launched, uh, Bob, and we're looking forward to getting a copy and flicking <laughs> through it, but uh, we thought we'd catch up with you and talk a bit about uh, your footy career and uh, your time in the uh, local neighbourhood, of course. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it started, you know, as I was just telling you off here, that I actually played one game with you. I know you were a Williams boy and I was a, a Narrage and Towns boy in the, in the day, but I played one game of footy with you in 1968 or seven uh, in the high school football team. But uh, you went a long way and I stayed where I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I remember those days fondly because I only started playing competitive football with Williams under 16s. I think I was about 13 years of age and uh, Gary Fairhead got me involved in that. And... Um, it was always a battle to get to and from footy, but I managed to do it. And, uh, yeah, we used to play those high school games on a Saturday morning and uh, always looked forward to that and always got excited when it came to football. Yes, so, um, you know, you clearly started out at Williams, Bob, and, and played, uh, well, played juniors and seniors, sort of, as as they do these days. And even back then uh, in, in the senior team, as well as playing some juniors as well. And then... Uh, First step uh, up the ladder was uh, a move to Swan Districts. Tell us how how that happened. Well, I, uh, 1969, I played a whole season in A grade and um, had a very good season, end up winning their first and best. And uh, uh, I, I used to train with railways in Narragin and then I'd play with Williams on the, on the uh, Sunday. <laughs> and um, the guy tra- tra- coaching... Railways was Craig Noble, who was a camp from Swans in yep. the 60s, and he got onto uh, Swan Districts. And uh, I was working in the bank, Bank of New South Wales, there in Narragin one day, and um, two gentlemen walked in. Uh, one was Billy Walker, and hmm. the other one was a bloke called Jeff Scrutner, who was a committeeman at Swans. And they took me to Burson's Garage for a milkshake. <laughs> and, uh, so I Cost Swan Districts Footy Club a milkshake. <laughs> uh, they signed me on a Form 4. And um, about a week after that, I was sitting in the grandstand at Williams Oval and uh, waiting my turn to bat because I played for Country Cricket Club then. And um, I was in the grandstand on my own and a guy walked up to me and asked me whether I was Robert Beecroft. And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> He said, my name's Mel Atwell, and uh, we want you to come to Perth and uh, have a go with us. I said, well, I can't, I can't do that, Mel. And he got quite irate, and he said, why the hell can't you do that? <laughs> I said, well, because I've just signed up with Swan Districts through Billy Walker last week. Well, he, he let out a few expletives. <laughs> I can't repeat them on air. <laughs> Called Billy everything under the sun, got up, took my hand, and stomped off. Um, 
So I end up down at uh, Swan Districts and I, I was there uh, probably December 69 ready to go for pre-season and mm. uh, that's, how, that's how I got to Swan District. You had a pretty good year in 1972 at the Black and Whites, uh, won the first and best there at Swans, Bob. Well, yeah, I, I started in 1970 mm. and uh, I was only 18 and once I settled in, um, mm. 1970 and then 71, I, I started to feel a part of league footy. I was going pretty well and playing every game and uh, I then set a goal to play state footy and uh, 72 came around and... Um, I used to train pretty hard on mine even before we got to pre-season. So I got myself in super shape and um, I had that goal and I was chosen in the squad. Um, Hayden Bunton was coach, Hayden Bunton mm. Jr. And, um, yeah, we uh, we trained every week with the state squad and played on the weekends. And Bunts would uh, always say, well, keep your form because if you don't, we'll crop you out of the squad and... I ended up uh, being picked to lead the Rucks in, um, in that carnival in 1972. So we played three games in the week, and those mm. carnivals were held once every three years. And um, so I was playing against some pretty good players, and I had a very good carnival. And um, I was sitting in the change rooms after the last game against Victoria, and uh, I remember Brownie, Mel Brown coming up to me and saying, you're in, you little bastard. And I, I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? What am I in? He said, you're in the uh, All-Australian team. Mm. Oh, gee, you're kidding me, mate. I can't believe that. Yeah. But that's 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 what happened. And um, as I said, I, I've had a very good carnival. Played pretty well. So um, I was not only played my first bit of state footy, I was now an All-Australian. So I was pretty pleased with what happened over that week, you know. So you played with yeah. Swans 1970 to 1975, 126 games for the Mighty Black and Whites. Uh, who was the best player you played with there at Swans, Bobby? Uh, I played with a lot of them. And, mm. um, I mean, Billy Walker was yep. outstanding. Mm. But we had, you know, uh, my first year there, Kenny Bagley was still playing, Johnny Turnbull. And they'd played in those premierships in 61, 62, 63. Uh, Tony Nesbitt and then... Of course, in the regular side going through those years, you had blokes like, you know, Stan Nowotny and um, Peter Manning, mm-hmm. and Louis Malenko and um, uh, Keithy Narkle. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a hell of a lot of good players, players there. Yeah. Are you enjoying yeah. this walk down memory lane, Troy? <laughs> I am, actually, mate. I <laughs> could keep on going. But uh, from 1975, uh, well, then back in the day, it was called uh, the VFL. You, you went to Fitzroy, Bob. How did that come about for you? Well, after the carnival, uh, all I wanted to do was get to Melbourne uh, because I proved myself in WA and uh, then I had this burning ambition to play in the best league in Australia, which was the VFL. And um, I had a bit of trouble getting away from Swans. I, <laughs> um, I, I wanted to get going as quick as I could, but uh, I was dealing with the, I won't mention his name, a committee fellow, and he said, look, do just give us two good years, make more clear. <laughs> I, I did that. They wouldn't let anyone speak to me. There's a lot of clubs in uh, Melbourne that were interested in talking to me, but I, they were banned from speaking to me. And um, one day, a guy just came into the bank, a bloke called Bruce Wilkinson, secretary of Fitzroy, and he, we went out to lunch, and I signed with him. And um, 
he said, look, it'll be a challenge getting away from Swans, but, um, you know, we could just got to try. I'd played the two years out and gave them two very good years and um, we got into the finals and uh, went to say, well, OK, well, that's it. I'm off to Melbourne. And they said, no, we won't clear <laughs> So I was devastated with that. Mm, and um, yeah. I was pretty angry with it. And then I, I put in another, another year and... Um, they still hadn't intimated whether they'd clear me or not, so I just got in my car and drove to Melbourne with my wife and young daughter across the Nullarbor, and um, then I settled in at uh, Fitzroy, and I was cleared on the Friday night before, before the first game against Richmond at the MCG, so mm-hmm. everything was very unsettled. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a pretty ordinary first year there. Uh, homesick, disjointed. But I managed to pull myself together and had four very good years um, after that. And uh, came, I decided to then leave leave Melbourne and go to Adelaide and just finish my career, having uh, wanting to play um, in three major states. I thought that would be a good achievement at the end of my day playing days. And um, so I was happy with what I did in Victoria. How much? Um, how much did you, uh, you know, compared to these days, the numbers that they throw around? What what sort of salary were you on at Fitzroy <laughs> in those sort of days? Not very much at all, mate. Um, <laughs> compared to day to today, um, uh, well, I, I could I could tell you what I was on. Anyway, it doesn't worry me. Um, I was on a thousand bucks a game um, uh, in those days at Fitzroy, um, which wasn't huge money. No. No. And, had, to, um, had to play every game, otherwise you would have missed out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. So you, you, you're looking at around 20 grand a year. Um, yep. And that was only for the last um, couple of years anyway. It yep. was even less, less than that for my first three years there. Um, so that's about so, 10% of the minimum wage these days, I'd reckon. <laughs> well, look, the, you know... Uh, it was pretty tough in those days. We all worked, but we trained. Yeah. We trained our guts out. I mean, you can't tell me about hard trainers. No one could train as hard as we trained. Um, I don't care what stories they bandy around. Some people, but I can tell you, couldn't have trained any any harder. Couldn't have got any fitter. And we had to do it whilst uh, you know we we're holding down jobs. Mm. And. Um, I'm glad that I played in the era that I played in um, because it was pure football and um, it was tough football. So, um, you know, I, I have no regrets about uh, my journey. Um, so some of the players at Fitzroy at the time would include Gary Wilson. Would he have been there when you were there? Yeah, Gary Wilson, Bernie Quinlan, yep. uh, Robert Walls, Warwick Irwin, <laughs> Dave McMahon, um, Chrissy Smith, Chris Hansen, all, all those fellows. Um, probably missed Ronnie Alexander was there with me. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. As well. Uh, there's some super footballers. Um, mm. Yep. At Fitzroy in those days, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of success, though, for Fitzroy in those days, was it? There wasn't a lot of success for Fitzroy per se, but. Uh, no. Did you play any finals footy? Yep. We, uh, when I first got to Fitzroy, we were right down near the bottom. And then in 78, we won a night premiership against uh, Barassi's North Melbourne, and they'd been the 
they were the reigning mm. day premiers, and uh, we flogged them. Uh, so we won a night premiership, and then seventy um, nine we um, got into the finals. Uh, we also kicked the record score against Melbourne, thirty six twenty two to five goals, <laughs> nine or ten or whatever it was. Mm. Uh, so we were rolling pretty well, and then um, we won our first final, and then we played uh, the MCG in front of about 89,000, 90,000 people against Collingwood in the first semi, and uh, we went down by 17 points, disappointing. And, um, yeah, so in 19, 1978, the improvement was there. Uh, 79 was a really good year for us, finished fourth. Missed out on the double chance by losing the last game to Geelong at Geelong, and they were down near the bottom, and we were rolling. Uh, and then 1980, we lost many games by less than a kick. And, yeah, just it was just a different year. Had we have won, won those games, obviously, we would have been back in the finals. But we ended up having a disappointing year, and um, I bailed out after that. Yeah, 1980, and uh, went to Adelaide. Mm. And played for Woodville. So yeah. uh, that's basically, the, from my understanding, the end of your uh, your Australian tour. <laughs> yeah, well, I played five years of league footy with Woodville. Mm. Uh, the last three years, Malcolm Blight took over as coach. Uh, the first two years, Rod Olsen, the ex-Geelong uh, coach, was coaching us. Um Woodville was a real slog. We just didn't have enough player, good players, you know. Um, and it was just a matter of um, chipping away at it. And uh, we did slowly inch our way up. And um, I retired in 85. I'd had enough by then and ended up playing another five years in the bush, mm. um, coaching and playing. And uh, went to... Um, Moonter for a couple of years, then went down to Encounter Bay, which is at Victor Harbour, and that was a fantastic experience. We um, won a flag there after a 22-year drought, and um, that capped my footy career off uh, brilliantly, really. Um, it's over 100 years old, that club, and um, very proud and, you know, very professionally run. And um, I probably enjoyed those three years more than mm. most of my career to be honest with you um, so <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't change too much uh, as far as my uh, league footy career went um, I can look back now and you know realize I played in the three major states and um, I can compare the uh, you yeah. know the footy the standards what it was like and um, crowds and everything else and uh, it's just like yesterday, really, when I think about it. Do you watch much football? Do you watch much football now, Bob? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I yeah. support the Brisbane Lions okay. um, yep. because of Fitzroy's Fitzroy. uh, yep. history. Um, I really enjoy watching them play, and they play a little bit differently from a lot of the other sides. Um, I find that a lot of the football I watch is very robotic and... <laughs> um, also, the fact is that they hunt in packs, mm. and when they do win possession, they look up. There's no one to kick it to. It frustrates, frustrates the hell out of me watching it. But when I watch sites like you know Geelong and Brisbane and a couple of others, they 
tend to kick the ball a lot longer and they, it, it's more like footy, I reckon, should be. Mm. Um, but there's some very robotic things about the game um, today and uh, I've always thought that uh, once the money came into it, there's too many coaches. Uh, they have had too far too much time to tinker with the game um, and they've got to be very, very careful what they're doing with it uh, at the moment. Um, you compare it to the the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and probably uh, three-quarters of the 80s, and then look at it now, it's just a completely different game, and um, it's too money-orientated, and uh, they've taken the instinct out of the game. Um, it's almost like, this is our system, you play the system, mm. uh, or you don't play at all. Yeah. Uh, you've got to be able to run 100 metres in a certain time, you've got to cover 20 metres in a certain time, you've got to be able to jump this and jump that. And In the old days, there's a place for foot, and there's a place in football for every type of person, short, mm. tall, stocky, whatever. As long as they had the skill and the guts and determination, there was a place for them. Unfortunately, in today's football, there isn't. And it's sad to see that. So, Bob, over your career, you would have had a a front row seat to (laughs) some of the best Mm. rovers in the business, which they're basically gone, they're extinct now, but uh, you you would have had a good view of some of the best rovers around uh, Australia in that, in in, over your career, because you're you're right in that centre square, which probably wasn't in when you started playing. Uh, no, it came in fairly quickly though, but um, then they they had the uh, circle with a line across the middle, so you had to run in at each other, but we used to do that anyway. <laughs> um, I only played in the Ruck for six years, so that was uh, with Swan Districts, and um, you know, there's Billy Walker was in there, and uh, Barry Cable, and... Um, Oh, dear. I forget who all the others were now. I mean, Rossi Smith came over from St Kilda and this little bloke called Keith Watt for Subiaco, um, who didn't play a, a lot of footy, but was, I don't know why he got out of it so early. Um, there's guys like Mel Winnan, a uh, whole myriad of yep. really mm. terrific, terrific players, but, um, and, you know, like Cable was, was brilliant. Um Billy Walker was absolutely brilliant. They were the probably the two best in um, WA. You had blokes like yeah. Duperuzel, Brian Sicatosta, and, and those sort of players as well. Uh, Graham Melrose. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to forget a lot of them, but yep. <laughs> uh, they they were good. And um, yeah, it, uh, it was always exciting playing in the middle uh, to start the game off. You know. Yeah. So. Um, what motivated you to write a book? Well, I've had... Uh, it's certainly not just a football book. The one I've written, it's a, it's a life story, yep. a memoir. and um, One we should all do. Yeah. Well, it's, there's a lot in there. I mean, I've had two tumultuous marriages. One was for 30 years, the other one was for 20, and um, all sorts of things have happened in there. There's been... 
a lot of funny things happen. This is written basically from the age of four up <laughs> to the day. And um, a lot of funny things have happened. There's been a lot of, there's a bit of violence has happened on the way, you know, in the street and so on. Mm. Um, it's pretty much, I sat down to tell some, someone about it. They'd say, well, God, what's going on here? I don't know if it, when I really believe it. So this. when's the movie coming out? <laughs> well, mate, when, when you bankroll it for me, Alex. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it, it'll resonate with you, mate, because... Uh, of where you grew up in the mm. Narrage and Williams area. Yep. Uh, there's a lot in there that you'll recognise. Uh, and then it'll take you through, um, you know, my life, yep. right, right back to WA, basically. Um, but there's a hell of a lot that's happened in that um, in that period of life there. So that's why I decided to put it in writing. And um, it's turned out pretty well. I'm pretty happy with it, you know. It's... Um, it's uh, something that people seems to grab and they just want to keep reading it. So that's the feedback I'm getting and um, so, I'm pretty happy. So did you write it yourself or did you, you have a ghost? No, no, I wrote the whole thing myself. Yeah, uh, fair enough. It took yep. 15 months it took and um, then I uh, got an editor just to correct the spelling and <laughs> uh, restructure yeah. the odd sentence, you know. You should have paid more <laughs> attention during the English class. <laughs> yeah, we're probably too busy playing pranks on each other. Yes. <laughs> well, no, Bob, if we can, we'd, yeah, absolutely. we'd like to, if anybody wants to get a copy of your book, of course, it's on uh, bobbrecroft.com, I think is the uh, place to go. And I look, for one, look forward to getting uh, my copy so that I can flick my way through it and uh, take that trip down memory lane. Well, Mate, it's on uh, com, and um, I'd love to hear your feedback on that, Alistair and Troy. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback on the book, and um, you, know, you can contact me anytime you like. Absolutely. Uh, Out of the Frying Pan Into the Fire is uh, the book that we are speaking about. So, uh, yeah, uh, quickly before you go, Bobby, do you have a funny football story that you can remember? <laughs> yeah, well, there is one where... <laughs> Well, this one wasn't so funny, but yeah. uh, I was play, playing against um, Ron Alexander at Perth Oval, against mm. East Perth, uh, probably around <laughs> 1974 or three or four. Yeah. And um, I was going all right. You know, There was no reason to do what I did, but um, I was having a good day. But I, I had a ruck rover called Greg Latham, who was about six Ooh. foot, <laughs> six foot and about 15 stone. Yeah. Very well built. Man, Greggy. Built, built like the proverbial, yes. He was. I said, look, I'll, I'll come up with this plan, mate. Uh, this is a quarter time. And uh, I said, oh, what's going to happen? Because you have to face off against each other in the centre circle. And I said, if for some reason there's a scrimmage in there after that first bounce, I'm going to, and he's going to bounce it again, I'm going to come in with Ronnie. And I want you to um, line him up and just take him out. I'll, I'll be wrestling with him, right? So anyway, that exactly that exact thing happened. So the ball was bounced, and uh, I'm wrestling with Ronnie. Mm. And I'm looking up at the ball, and all of a sudden, bang! And I've I've gone down. And um, I thought, what the hell was that? And anyway, 
I was in, I was in a, a world of pain. I remember that. I, I my my left knack. I thought I thought that was in my mouth. And by the time I spat that out, I, I limped down to the forward pocket. It took about two minutes to get me off the ground, up on my feet. I went down to the pocket, and um, Ronnie skipped down a couple of minutes later, and he, I said, "What are you doing here?" And he said. Bobby, I've come down to make sure you don't kick any goals. And I said, oh, have a look at me, Ronnie. What, what are you wasting your time for? Just go play. I, I said, I'm no no physical condition to even uh, bother you today. Not for a while. So anyway, I went in at half time and um, went up to Greg. And I said to him, what the hell did you do? And why did you run through me? You're supposed to run through Ron. And he goes, oh, he moved. <laughs> <laughs> he moved. I said, well, of course he moved, you silly bugger. <laughs> oh, that was funny, but it took me, I mean, I was, after half time, I was okay. But uh, Ronnie Alexander, every time I see him, he says, Bobby, tell me that story about <laughs> Uh, what a note to finish on there, Troy. Sensational story. Yes. Uh, yeah. Nice to chat with you, Bob, and nice to see that you're still going strong too. Uh, I know that you're living down the uh, the southern half of uh, WA, mate. So nice to chat with you, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Well, it's great to be on your show, Alistair and Troy, and uh, all the best to you boys as well.